You're listening to the African Creators Podcast, a platform that seeks to empower and inspire creatives to follow their passion as well as bring about stories of triumph from the everyday challenging experience of being a young creative in Africa. For this episode, we are going to be talking about visual arts as a lever for educating and addressing social ills and growing up as a mixed race child in Africa. My name is Tapiso Valentine Dube, some call me Tabike, and this is the African Creators Podcast. Welcome guys to another episode of the African Creators Podcast. My guest today is one of my favorite visual artists. She's an illustrator, a humanitarian who is constantly raising awareness when it comes to social justice issues through her work. Ladies and gentlemen, Alina Mateke Muswembiri. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's really nice that we have you here today um, so that you can share some of the experiences that you've gone through you know as a young yeah. artist so that we can share and give insights to all the newbies out there i mean not just newbies but also people that needs the knowledge and the experience okay i'm very excited i'm yeah. looking forward to it awesome awesome all right to get the ball rolling right can you just tell us a little bit about yourself i mean stuff that we probably don't know about you Okay, um, I grew up in Zambia from in a small town called Livingston and I grew up in a mixed household. So my dad is Zimbabwean, Ndebele, and my mom is English from England, I guess. But uh, we were born and raised in Zambia, so that's my background. And then I moved to Namibia about... Five years ago, I guess, and I'm based here now. What else would you like to know? I mean, I, I think that's uh, that's a solid foundation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but um, how did you end up doing um, what you do now? So I struggled to figure out what I wanted to do as a career for a long time uh, because Zambia is very focused on scientific or math oriented careers like most african countries <laughs> exactly so i had a lot of pressure to go into the sciences when i was very young and i always felt um, from a very young age i used to doodle in my books i used to make crafts at home i was always i always had pencils erasers paper and i was always doing stuff so i really felt that a scientific career was not the one for me mm -hmm. but i wasn't sure what else I could do that would be comfortable for me. Um, I dabbled in literature. I love to write as well. That's nice, awesome. So, I didn't know that about <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm still, still working on that. <laughs> um, but for a while I thought that I would become a writer. And then in high school I took literature as a subject. Um, I also really love to teach. So I thought that I would go into teaching. And then in grade 11, so that's my second last year of high school, I met a teacher, he wasn't mine, but because they introduced art the year after me, the year before me, 
I wasn't in that art class anyway. Mm. So I met with him and um, I joined his art club. And I had always felt that I was a decent artist. Never felt that I was amazing, but I never thought I was bad. Right. And uh, he told me, he, he said, are you afraid of your pen? Why are you afraid of your pencil? And I took great offense to that because I said that <laughs> I've been I've been working with my stuff like my whole life. You can't come and tell me that I'm afraid of it. Like right, it's yeah. one thing that I'm not afraid yeah. of. And I realized then that I, I had a po- point to prove, mm. and I needed to show him that I could do better than yeah. what I was what I was doing right there. And so he was into portraits, and I actually did a portrait, and I kept working on it. And he was always like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's good. <laughs> and I kept feeling like I'm much better. Like I'm a good artist. I feel like I, I do have potential. Yeah. So I, I worked on it. And I think I've been working on it ever since to prove my point. Um, but the more I worked with him and the more I worked on my art, I realized that this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, maybe not just portraits forever, but... It made me so happy. And so I took the art exam in my final year. I was the only person that took the exam that year in yeah. my, my yeah, grade. I mean. So I took the exam and then I told my parents I'm going to be an artist. And they were just like, what? <laughs> you No, you're not going to go study art. You're going to go pick something else. But my mom is an artist as well. She's a biologist by profession, but she also does art. So she was very encouraging. She's like, this could work. Um, Just figure it out. Just see what you want to do. My dad was like, no, you can't paint pictures your whole life. That's no, it's not going to bring any money. So we looked at schools of where I should go and everything. But I still didn't have enough insight into the possibilities with art. For me, it was kind of like you're going to be a painter or a portrait artist. You're not going to be anything more than that. Mm. So I enrolled in school and then I got a chance to go and study in the States for a year. And there I took a whole mix of classes like art classes. And I was just immersed in culture and in art. And I realized that there were so many people in so many different creative careers that I just realized I had made the best decision of my life. Yeah. And that there were so many potentials with it. So yeah. I that's mean, I, I, I think I think this is why it's very, very important for a lot of, um, well, for every artist to travel, actually. Yeah. Because being exposed to different communities and cultures is going to open your spectrum to wider possibilities mm. so i mean it's it's really great that you're sharing this story <laughs> because i mean i always emphasize on on the fact that um artists should always like take uh different opportunities to travel and experience mm. different cultures and get exposed to new communities new different types of art this is this is a pretty awesome story because Thank i mean you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not many people thought that at the time but hey <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say uh, there are a lot of sentiments that are shared, um, and we actually spoke about how we can get more and more um, African parents to be more receptive, you know, mm-hmm. receptive and open uh, with regards to their children 
choosing a field within the creative sector because mm. i mean as a continent we're really really still struggling with that and i mean slowly things are changing but not fast enough yeah yeah it's still it's still rough out there i know <laughs> we, we, we're trying <laughs> but could you just possibly just quickly rush us through uh your creative process and yeah i mean in brief just run us through it uh let us know if it's a set kind of ritual mm-hmm. or it's kind of free flowing every time you know just going with the flow okay so i i explore my creativity through many different mediums which a lot of people may not know unless you've known me quite a while um i started out with pencil and i still do that quite a lot because i love it so much but then i've also done photography and i've also done ceramics uh, working with clay which i absolutely love uh, and i also paint um i dab a little bit in graphic design and digital work but i'm not a fan i'm not a huge fan of technology so i'm still still yeah. working on it yeah. uh, but i think my creative process changes so much depending on the medium i'm working in okay but a lot of the time i i try and open my mind so i do this through i, I gain inspiration through travel or conversations mm. and i always try and tell people that um you need to be inspired by more than what you are comfortable with yeah so right now i focus mostly on portraits but i don't get my inspiration from portrait artists i actually get it from sculptors i get it from dancers i get it from musicians i get it from everywhere yeah. and i feel that um a lot of the time i have an idea or a story that i want to tell so my my literature comes out there like i have a story i want to tell mm. and then i decide which medium i feel more comfortable working in and it slowly comes together i guess as i'm trying to express my story um so look for inspiration try and tell a story and then somehow the piece comes together that's amazing yeah <laughs> I mean it's 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 um I'm pretty sure it's contrary to popular belief because a lot of people would always associate uh what inspires you as a portrait artist to other portrait artists you mm. know but it's it's really interesting that you get inspiration from um different walks of life mostly from people like that's that's why I I focus a lot on portraits mm. because I'm very inspired by people and conversations I grew up extremely shy and uh I always wanted to talk to people but I was never sure how to approach it mm. and art has given me a way to to actually it's, a, it's an open door for me to say I want to talk to you about this or about something else and then i use the portraits to kind of connect to those people um but yeah it's like i think if you get inspiration from your field or your medium you're limited yeah and you only be as good as your field that's true but i feel if you get inspiration from everywhere else i get inspired by science as well i get inspired by maths a lot i'm a huge fan of math as well and I just try and get inspiration from everywhere because then I feel it brings more depth and soul into your work rather than it being copy paste from another 
artists in your field. Mm, mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good. That's good. I'm really glad that a lot of people get to listen to this, you know, and kind of realize that there are a lot more options out there, you know, when mm. it comes to gathering inspiration, you shouldn't be one dimensional, you know. So that's that's nice to actually hear it from somebody who's actually doing it and practicing mm. um, that kind of um, practice when it comes to gathering inspiration. I think that you you really need to um, not be limited in any field to really have the flexibility to to go in any direction. I think we were talking about this just before this that um, COVID-19 has affected us in so many ways and has forced us to do things we may never have thought of. Mm. And I think as creative people, we need to be flexible. We need to be ready for anything because we never know what's going to happen. Who knows? One day they'll just stop producing pencils and I'll have to find something else to do. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can testify to that. I've been affected by this <laughs> pandemic in, in so many ways that one can possibly imagine. Yeah. But um, um, moving on to one thing that I'm actually quite curious about. Uh, I think a, a few a few weeks ago, you posted a moving text on social media detailing just how much you took to heart the current global conversation on racism. My question to you would then be what does this exactly mean to you as a person as a human being and um following up (laughs) to that question would be uh, how does that reflect in your work okay so uh, i was i've been asked many times what is my artistic style what does my work represent um and i haven't known for a really long time I kind of, I have a style and I have a technique, but I didn't know what it was. It was coming from within me and um, I wasn't sure what influenced it and I wasn't sure why I was creating what I was creating. And I think when this, um, this global cry for Black Lives Matter came like really strong, I realized more than ever, I think I think I kind of knew, but I was in denial about it. Mm. And I realized more than ever that my work is very affected by my childhood and by my experiences as a mixed race person. So my mom is white and my dad is black. So my family is, I, I have everything. I have all these mixes in my family, all these nationalities that mm. I've always been a huge fan of culture we, we grew up with uh, this organization called Servas, mm. which meant that we had visitors from all over the world from the time i was probably three staying with us staying in our house so i loved this idea of diversity cultural diversity racial diversity and for a long time i didn't know that my parents were different um, they were just my parents yeah. and I was just me. I mean, I can imagine um, that growing up in a situation like that, that would be the norm. Mm, that you just, you don't realize it. Yeah. The same way uh, a black person with black parents would feel that this is just how I look mm. and a white person with white parents. Mm. But I always felt that whenever these conversations came up, because they did come up when I was growing up about race, I never felt that I had the right to talk uh, because... 
I wasn't on either side. Right. I could not say that I'm supporting white people or I'm supporting black people because whatever conversation happened would offend me. And it didn't matter who said it. Mm-hmm. It would always offend me and it would make me angry and I would just not want to be there. But then I also felt that they could hurt me, but I had no right to have an opinion on it mm. um, because I belonged to neither. So the whole thing of racism um, hit me for a really long time. When I would be around white people, I would feel very black and I was treated as such. When I was around black people, I would feel really white and I was treated as fully white. So I felt both sides, I would say, of the racial division in Mm. Zambia. Mm. And I hated both. I thought that it was it was really rough. And I, I think I for the longest time, I remember telling people that I loved coming to Namibia because Namibia had, for me, a lot more racial diversity than Zambia. Mm. In Zambia, I feel we have, um, majority is black. So I was part of the minority uh, as a mixed race person. And my mom was even more minority being white. So coming here was so nice because for the first time you walk down the street and no one's staring at you. Right. You are just a person. Yeah. You are ignored almost. And yeah. I had never felt that. So that was just very surreal for me. And for the first time, everyone assumed I was Namibian. My whole life in Zambia, everyone <laughs> assumed I was foreign. So it was very, it was very interesting, like yeah. being a foreigner your whole life and yeah. then traveling to a foreign country and for the first time feeling local. Right. So I think this is why like racism has always been a very personal topic for me. Uh, It affected my childhood relationships. I never knew whether my friends were my friends because they liked my personality or because they liked my skin color. I definitely have felt white privilege and I definitely have felt black oppression. So it's been... I feel now more than ever, I do have the right to speak about it because I have felt both sides. Mm. And it's not that I don't belong to either, but rather that I belong to both. And I have the rare opportunity to speak out for both sides, Mm. um, which many people don't have um, the opportunity to. So I would say that my work then depicts a lot of mixed race people, which I didn't realize initially Uh, I don't do many white people and I don't do many fully black people I do mixed and I think that was me depicting myself in situations that I wanted to be in Mm. but I would always keep the skin color and the hair so the hair is always very curly like mine and the skin color is always middle toned Mm. because that felt closer to home for me so yeah what is really cool is is having to to listen to what you had to say and and just looking at how unique your perspective towards this whole conversation is like mm-hmm. and um and i mean i think it's also like really really brave like your text said <laughs> <laughs> um that your work uh, reflects all of this in a way that kind of 
represents the mixed race people in the mix.、Mm. You know, and and I think it's it's very brave because a lot of a lot of the times the conversation is either black or white.、Mm. You know, and in in very Minimal circumstances. Do you actually hear people talking about like mixed race people? Yeah. Despite the fact that a lot of black people, especially in a global context, are very marginalized, I think mixed race people are also people that need to be included when it comes to these conversations. Not in a very umbrella way, where like、mm. black represents everyone, including like、mm. Asian、yeah. and Latina <laughs> and stuff like that. And I think it's also important to be specific, you know, because all of us have grown up with different experiences, you know. And、um, the fact that you grew up in a mostly black country,、mm-hmm. but then struggled. When you were also like in white communities,、mm. you know, because that's、uh, that's something I definitely haven't experienced.、Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always、um, hear it from somebody like Trevor Noah because he's he's constantly.、Oh, I'm a huge fan, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs>、uh, he's constantly talking about his experiences. You know,、uh, growing up as a mixed race kid. You know, and、um, I think that was my first kind of、uh, exposure to. Like what a mixed race person could go through、mm-hmm. growing up, but it's really nice to hear it firsthand and in person.、Thank、and、um, I'm sure a lot of people would be able to just kind of、um, have a unique understanding about this whole、uh, global conversation that we're having on racism,、mm-hmm. and also、uh, just with a special understanding with regards to how mixed race people are included in the mix. Yeah, and I, I also strongly feel that. Um, I don't want to say this in any offensive way,、mm. but we are taking over the world, mixed race people.、Yeah. Um, with diversity coming in, more and more nationalities are mixing. So it doesn't matter whether you're a mix of black and white. I know people that are a mix of Irish and Japanese. We are still mixed race. We、mm. are still mixed nationality. And if we don't start talking about this, about how it's going to affect people. I feel like black and white will become the minority, and <laughs> they'll be feeling how we were feeling. Yeah.、Um, and mixed race is is gonna take over. So before any of that happens, we need to discuss this. We need to discuss how not just black and white, but how any minority is feeling and is being affected、mm. in all these discussions, and address it before people grow up, like while they're still kids, like. Talk to them, see how they're dealing with it.、Uh, I have a friend or friends、uh, in Europe who are married to Africans, and they are having discussions on where they should live. Because if they move to Europe, then the African suffers.、Mm. If they move to Africa, the European suffers.、Mm. And as much as a lot of people are in denial that it affects them,、um, it will affect your children. Yeah. And you making a decision, the decision of who you marry, affects your children, and they might go through what I went through. And there's a lot that you have to to think about、right. in in your fight against racism,、um, because all races are involved. Yeah, I'm very short of words because I've. I've actually learned a lot just from 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 what you just said now. I'm so glad. And and, and、um, obviously, it's a conversation that people are having. 
you know mm. but it's it's very ambiguous i feel mm. you know it it has to be um more out there it has to be like everybody has to talk about it because uh we were talking with um Nashilongi Shipwe Mushanja last Ooh. week <laughs> um, nice name <laughs> yeah yeah he's um he's definitely one of my inspiration okay i don't know if i said that right but one of the people that inspired me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with with regards to to issues of social justice you know and um i'm really glad that you're also on the train um mm. that you're also part of the social justice revolution because i mean this is really really important for for us you know especially with regards to taking up space uh, within the global village or the global community however you want to put it he he mentioned that when it comes to racism it's either you are racist or you are anti-racist or mm. anti-racist like the americans would like to say <laughs> um with these issues with regards to social justice it's either you speak up against mm-hmm. or you're condoning it mm. or you're actively participating in perpetrating or perpetuating violence and racism and and mm. all these other despicable things that people do to other human beings. Yeah. Um so I'm glad that you're anti-racist. <laughs> Very strongly <laughs> anti-racist. And and uh so am I too. So and I believe this podcast is also anti-racist. No, not I believe. I know it's anti-racist, mm-hmm. you know. Um so w- within that kind of line of thinking as well. I know art in general has the massive power to move people to social change or towards social change rather. In that regard, how do you see visual arts specifically tie in as the lever for social justice education? Sure. Like that is a that is a strong question and a very powerful one, I think. Like I mentioned earlier, I grew up extremely shy. So I had a lot of ideas and I used to write a lot and I had a lot of things to say but never had a way to say it. Mm. And I feel that now more than ever I am extremely lucky that I have a medium of expression that I can use my skill um to communicate to people what's going on to express my feelings on stuff that's happening in the world um and i think that art is such a strong medium in that regard um i used to say that there are three kinds of artists there are artists that create stuff that looks beautiful and there are artists that create stuff that make a statement right. and then there are the artists that i try to be that create stuff that looks beautiful that makes a statement mm. and i think that we draw or i try to draw people in by making something beautiful but i keep them there um by educating them on something and currently social media is a huge platform for me i still don't feel i've utilized it to its full potential I was very against social media in the beginning uh because of my whole against technology thing robots are going to take over the world um but now I feel that social media is such a strong tool for me to use and I have been able to connect with so many different people around the world um through my work 
there's I have different types of people that share my work some people share it because they think it looks pretty and some people share it because they like my caption and some people share it because they think it conveys a strong message and I am just so blessed to have all these people sharing my work because it means that more people are gonna get to see it and it's not just about what it looks like but what they're going to experience when they see it and hopefully what they're going to learn so i try um, in my captions to express life like life that i am going through Uh, when i wanted to write stories as a kid um, my mom kept saying uh, and mind you my mom's of english descent she kept saying that your stories are not real they're based on english children or american children they're not based on what you are going through here and they will be more authentic when you talk about your life um, in Zambia or in Africa and people want to hear your stories they don't want to hear about hypothetical stories in other countries you've never been to Mm -hmm. and that that rings in my head every time when I'm when I'm trying to think of what to write or what to create is that I need to tell my story. As simple as it may seem, I'm talking about waking up and putting on a jersey, how it's so cold. People in the Northern Hemisphere are enjoying summer right now. They don't know that it's cold here, that we are freezing here. Um, So they find it interesting. They're like, that's cool, I did not know that. And I think that me talking about everyday life through my work is a way of creating awareness about it and uh, there was a piece I did a few months back I think about my experiences as a mixed-race child and it was so hard to post that but and I thought that you know people are probably just gonna scroll through it so I'll just put it out there for the one person and so many people reached out to me and said Mm. you know we did not know that this is what you were going through or this is what you experienced so I realized after that how powerful my tool is as an artist and how not everybody's going to respond to me but hopefully they're going to learn something and even in my small way I can make a difference I can address issues from my viewpoint Mm. and let them understand it and see it from there Right. I mean, first of all, your mom is like really cool. She is. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of uh, mothers because I know mine totally shaped me to be the person that I am today. Um, and if she were here, I think to some extent she would be proud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure she would. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, it's, it's it's really amazing that just from what you were saying, I I. I got a piece of education I mm. believe and um, it's it's really amazing that you are just practically practicing what you feel you're passionate about but mm. at the same time educating a lot of people out there in the world and I think telling your story is gonna do two things I think it's gonna educate people that are not aware mm. but then it's also going to create comfort for people who have experienced the same thing 
yeah. that actually had no idea that there's a lot of us out there you know so i think um it's kind of like killing two birds with <laughs> one stone you know which is pretty cool yeah i was uh, i was actually thinking about it just now that i i mentioned i wanted to be a teacher mm, and a writer yeah and an artist and you are and somehow i've i've done it yeah i'm trying to live all three careers in one so Virtual high five. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I think your, your work is quite inspirational. I mean, despite the fact that it, it's all this, it's about social justice and stuff, but it's just pleasing to look at. You know, it's, the precision is amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, talking about work, right? You um, have a lot of experience as a, as a visual artist um, mm-hmm. that uses different mediums that's, too. That's actually very flattering because I don't feel I'm very really? experienced no, yet. I mean, you started in high school. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite a lot for a lot of people out there. And I mean, what I understand in terms of experience, it's not generally like how many years have you been in, mm-hmm. uh, like a visual artist, but it's, it's like how much time have you spent committing yourself to that art mm. you know so i know people that have been artists for like 20 years but then when i have to look at experience from what i consider as experience it probably wouldn't even be more than five years you know what i mm. mean so when i say experience that's kind of like what i mean you know the level the time that you have invested in being committed to your craft yeah so you are very experienced (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) i try (laughs) in relevance to that and your experience i mean i'm pretty sure you've experienced a lot of challenges and i think um as time has been moving uh and you have been growing a lot of those challenges some of them perhaps may have disappeared for new artists but what do you think is the biggest present challenge for young visual artists in Africa and how do you think it should be addressed? I think one of the strongest ones is just the perception of Africans about art. Um, Like I mentioned when I was younger everyone expected me to go into a scientific career and for me to choose art was almost a letdown, I would say actually a letdown to all my teachers. Um, they were kind of like, oh, she was such a good one. We, we lost such a good one. And I just, I felt like you should be proud, you know. I'm, I'm taking, I'm going to take art and give it a new meaning. Um, but I'm hoping that some of my teachers, primary, high school, university even, are looking at what I'm doing now and realizing that it's not a waste of time. Mm. That you can actually make it work in art Um, but I think one piece of advice my dad gave me when I finally convinced him that I was doing art and I wasn't going to change my mind um, I think he realized I was a very headstrong woman and that I would go for it even if he didn't support it Mm. so he got on board but he said that um, whatever you do just work hard and make me proud and so I think I've, I've tried to take that and I have realized that there are no jobs for us as creatives in Africa. They're not there, uh, honestly speaking. We have to make them. Right. And so 
I think it's it's great because we need to get into that uh, mentality as young people in this generation to create our own jobs because we're running out of traditional jobs. Um, stuff is happening in the world that's making traditional jobs not possible. Mm -hmm. So we need to get into that entrepreneurial mind that we need to make our own way. Um, and so it was definitely hard when I started um, because I was very sheltered. I didn't have enough exposure into what I could do. Um, but when I traveled a little bit, the more conversations I had, and I actually started having conversations where people would come and say, you're an artist, that's so cool. And I never had that growing up. They're like, you're an mm. artist, yeah. but what do you do for a living? Yeah. And I'm like, but <laughs> I just said I was an artist. But still, the African mentality is that art is a hobby. Mm -hmm. Honestly speaking, art is expensive and it, it it's, it's a very expensive hobby. So you should make it a career. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it, it also, like, I don't know, it, it really confuses me because yeah. I've always wanted to go to film school, you know, and popular belief in, in, in the African context is art is a waste of time, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that you do in your spare time. But if you want to go study at a film school, a very good one, that's going to cost you thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars you know <laughs> which is which is pretty crazy but i mean the people that are educated and that are well um vested when it regards to knowledge of art mm. they they know they know how important it is yeah because uh with this pandemic a lot of people had to resist they had to resort to art in order to cope yeah they had to resort to music to uh, social media, to film, yeah. to different kind of artworks, you know, using all these digital uh, platforms that were created by artists uh, in order for them to actually cope. And now I'm just like, oh, so now you just kind of realize the value. Like, <laughs> Who's important now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's quite interesting that uh, you pointed that out because, I mean, it's really important. And I think it doesn't only um, affect visual artists only, but like every single artist out there. I agree. I think I, I do call myself a visual artist, but I think I don't want to be boxed in by that term. Me too. Um, I prefer the word creative. Mm -hmm. Someone introduced me to that word a few years ago and I thought it was really cool because I relate to singers. I cannot sing to save my life, but I relate to singers. I relate to dancers. I relate to um, actors, makeup artists, like so many people that inspire me and I know that that's never going to be my field, but I feel that it's so important. and. I think one of the things that we don't realize as Africa is that we are never going to develop without art. Mm -hmm. Some of the more developed countries, I will give um, England as an example, the theater, the opera, um, Shakespeare, like all these things that are now massive in the world. They spent time, they spent hours, they spent money. And it's extremely valued. Um, these cities are now amazing. They're developed. They are culturally rich. All of that is because they allowed art to be part of their lives. Right. I feel like if we're in countries where we shut it down and we just think that 
um, traditional careers are important, we're going to miss a huge part of what life should be. Mm. I'm very inspired by Japan. Um, when I did ceramics, so pottery making was so new to me. And there was a time when I had to, to throw a piece of clay on the wheel. And I thought, you know, I'm an artist, I can do this. It took me four months and I couldn't make anything because I started reading a lot about Japanese um, potters and the process. And they were talking about how it takes time, it takes emotion, it takes soul. You have to put your all into it for it to work. And it just, it shook me. I was like, it's not something you can cram for. It's not something you can get a textbook and figure out. It's something your body has to figure out and you need muscle memory. You need all of that together. And it just made me realize how hard art is Mm. and not everyone can make it in art. And this is why, this is probably um, why people say that you shouldn't do art because not that it's not a successful career, but it's a lot harder to make it. But I think that's what makes it even more valuable. It should be something that you work hard to get to. You work, you put your whole soul into it. I was having a conversation with someone the other day saying that they are juggling two things. So they have a career and they have art and art is not making it to the level that they want to. And I basically said that art needs everything from you. It needs your heart, your soul, your time. If you try and balance it with something else, it'll be okay, but it will never make it to that level. Um, but once you put everything into it, yeah. it can take you to places that you never thought that you could imagine. Yeah. And I think like what you said about um, how important it is now for our mental well-being, for our emotions, I think I became more expressive in my speech, in my interactions with people as I discovered my art more. Mm. The more hours I spent doing it, I realized that um, I was capable of so much more and I still don't feel I'm where I want to be, but I'm extremely excited about the prospects in my field. To be honest, uh, for what it's worth, I don't think there's any artists that they feel they are like where they want That's to be. True. They're constantly like <laughs> striving forward, you know, and then trying to achieve a particular vision. I think that is, I think that's honestly what makes a good artist. You know, mm. you're never satisfied with, you're never content with where you're at. Yeah. And I think one lesson that everybody who's not a creative out there. Uh, needs to know uh, or needs to learn is that art is everywhere you know you you just have to open your eyes and you can like see it it's physical it's also uh, intangible you Mm -hmm. know it's everywhere you look at the internet you look at the very chair that you're sitting at Mm -hmm. the clothes that you're wearing you know and a lot of people are not conscious that that is art you know yeah that is actually um like an idea 
something that started as, a, as an idea, you mm -hmm. know, that was conceptualized by an artist, and then it became a physical thing that you're actually utilizing every single day, including <laughs> the car that you drive. I know. <laughs> I, I love that you use the word conceptualize. Uh, I heard it so much in school. Uh, when we talk about contemporary art, it's all about the concept. Right. And I can give an example of the advertising industry. Um, that was actually my one of my majors. Mm. And people are paid to sit and think. Right. And it's very similar to, to science, to inventions, that as artists, we are paid for our ideas. We are paid for our skill as well, but more strongly for our concepts. Um, and these are things that people people don't realize that art really is everywhere. Yeah. And how dull our lives would be basically if we didn't have art. I mean, would they even be lives? <laughs> <laughs> really, there's, there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. On, on that point, actually, there, there's this new career in, in, in um, digital design. It's called um, product design. Mm -hmm. And well, I didn't know that it was not like physical product design you know it's uh, designing a product you're designing an app you're design designing a website you know and um, product designers now are at the top of the food chain when it comes to digital design yeah. right and they they are not even gonna in most cases uh, they won't design the actual product but what they design is the experience and they an experience to be honest it starts out as an idea it's a concept like you mentioned mm -hmm. and they design the concept of how um different users are going to interact with with um the platform that they're creating you know yeah and um then they move on to user interface designers and then it moves to graphic designers and then blah 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 you're looking at every single company out there that has an app that has a website that has a, a marketing uh, campaign whatever it is everything is just art is. you know so it really doesn't make sense when when you have your child and you discourage them from Pursuing taking up art, art as, as a full-time it's, it's job. It's the core of everything. Um, and I think that's something that, like you said, we, we don't know as Africans. We deny it exists almost. Mm. We say that the engineers are important. But think about all the artists that are involved to help what the engineer is doing possible. Right. Um, we think lawyers are important, but art is involved in every single field that if we for a moment deleted every artist from the world, this would be such a weird, <laughs> scary world to live in. And I think that's only when we would realize how important artists are and how yeah. they're just literally everywhere, you know. I mean, I did imagine it for a moment and I'm like, how is that for you? <laughs> No cars, no road signs. No phones. No buildings. No ringtones. No, no. microphones. <laughs> no, no podcasts. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so we, we just eat, leave, and die. 
yeah. basically. Basically. Um, but I mean, this is this has been a very enriching discussion. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but I mean, obviously, I could um, have this conversation with you forever and ever and ever. But we're obviously cut in terms of time. I hope that you will come back for another episode in the oh, future. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, obviously, it, it will be nice to to have you over again and and um, discuss some of these burning issues, you know, with mm. regards to the creative sector and how it relates to different aspects of our lives, especially with regards to us as black and mixed race people. Oh, thank you for including me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, those are two different things. Yes. Right? And um, I mean, just to close down in brief. Uh, is there like any other experience that you would like to share with everybody else listening out there? Uh, I just want to let any creative person or anybody who is thinking about pursuing a creative career to just go for it. Um, don't try and find a definition for what you're doing yet. Um, just start figure yourself out as you go along speak to a lot of people speak to a lot of creative people um, and just explore your craft you might be the new thing that we didn't even know existed um, and we need more of that we need more creativity in the world so please keep doing what you're doing dope dope bitty dope 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 <laughs> thank you so much alina thank you for, for, for coming me. through it's um I mean, I haven't seen you for years now. I know. Clearly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's been great to see you. It's been great to have a conversation off air and on air as well. And it's uh, been truly amazing and uh, enriching. And Thank you. Educative. Is that a word? Yes. Okay. And I think so. Yeah, okay. Educative. Yes, it is. But hey. <laughs> if it's not, we, we just created it. Yeah, because so. we are creative. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> And I really hope that, that every every creative out there has has picked up a thing or two uh, at the very least. And um, yeah, hopefully Alino, Alino will be back sometime in the future uh, with a brand new piece of experience to share. <laughs> yeah, for now, this is the episode and you guys are listening to the African Creators Podcast. I'm your host, Taviso Valentine Dube. Some people call me Tavike. For now, I'm out. Thank you for tuning into the African Creators Podcast. We'll check you out on the flip side. 